0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Functionally Autoimmune. I'm so happy that you're here with me today because I have a fantastic guest on the show that I know you're going to want to see. So on the show today, we have Dr. Matt Chalmers. He is a health and wellness expert, author, podcast host, and a speaker who specializes in long-term wellness, nutrition, women's health, weight loss, athlete health, and holistic healing. So many wonderful things. Hi, Dr. Chalmers. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic.
0: How are you? I'm fantastic. It, also, thank you so much for being on. Can you tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into this work? What motivated you to do what you do? And, and just share a little bit
1: about you. Yeah, so about 12 years ago, I was working with a patient for um, herniated discs. And he just told me he's 60 years old, early 60s. And he said he just sold his company for 20 something million dollars. And at the time, that's the most money I'd ever heard of anyone making on anyone's sale ever. And I said, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? I said, I know what I would do. I said, there's this deal where you, you land in Normandy and then you kind of take this trail down into Italy. And it's, like, it's this whole World War II path. And he goes, stop. He goes, my knees hurt so bad when I get to the top of the stairs, I got to sit down and rest. He goes, I can't walk the dogs around the block without getting tired and having to rest. I'm not going to Italy. He said, there's some restaurants I want to try and there's some TV shows I want to catch up on. And I was like, oh, cool. And so I walked out the room and freaked out because I was like, this guy has all the money in the world. He's super young, but he's traded his health for that 20 million. And so everything's done. And I was just like, that can't be me. And this was like, how do I figure out how to maintain the highest quality of life for the longest quantity of time? And so that's kind of where I got started in this 12 years ago. And since then, I've been up at 4am researching every day for a couple hours. So that's kind of where we went, where we started.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's interesting that most people who've ended up kind of in the health and wellness industry as doctors, as in kind of this work, it's either a personal journey that they've went through, or they've met someone that's kind of like you kind of pushed them to think, oh gosh, there has to be more than this. So it's, it's interesting to see that you also kind of fit into that realm with everyone else. (laughs) Yes. Great. So, you know, I brought you on today and we're super happy to have you because this podcast is about, it's about overall health and wellness, but we also really focus on autoimmune disease and chronic illness and kind of overcoming those things. Because for a lot of people, it can be very overwhelming. They don't know where to start. I have people message me all the time that just say, doctors can't seem to help me. I don't know what to do. So, you know, it's fantastic to have someone like you on the show that can really kind of hone in on some of that and and help us understand some of those things. So first I want to start with, if you have someone who's out there, maybe listening right now thinking, I have all these symptoms. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like anyone's listening to me. What, what are kind of the first steps that you usually tell people to do?
1: So the most important thing to do, unfortunately, is find somebody who will actually listen to your problems. Um, we were going through, when I was trying to develop my protocols for fibromyalgia, I would actually go to support groups and I would sit and I would listen to these people and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what helps, what doesn't, when does it get worse? When does it get better? And Mm -hmm. so as I started to listen to these people, I started to develop and figure out, oh, this is a liver issue. This isn't a muscular issue. It's a liver issue. The liver's not cleaning. And so as I started figuring that out, we developed protocols. That's where those things came from. So my biggest thing that I've always done is sit down and actually listen to my patients and say, Ex- explain to me exactly when it's the worst, when is it the best, you know, morning, night, you know, after you've been drinking early. So unfortunately, finding someone who actually sit and listen to you is very, very important. So that's the first thing is find somebody who does, who knows what they're doing biomechanically and biochemically, but will also sit and listen to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is because they, you know, like me, I saw multiple, multiple doctors before I decided to kind of do my own research and, and find my own help. But, um, you know, and I think a lot of people are stuck in that cycle. So absolutely. That's a great, a great piece of advice. You have to find somebody that will listen to you. And in your experience, do you find that people who come to you with either an already diagnosed autoimmune condition or expecting that they have some type of condition because maybe their sister or mother or somebody has it? Do you find that that's kind of a really good starting point or is there usually just so many other things going on?
1: Uh, you know, we get kind of a mix. So we'll have people come in and say, hey, look, I have celiac or I have Hashimoto's or I have whatever. Or they'll come in and they'll say, here's everything that's wrong with me. Nobody can figure out how to fix this, mm-hmm. fix this. And so yeah. we do see a, we do see kind of a mix. Um, and it doesn't really matter sometimes when people come and say, Hey, I have X issue X mm-hmm. because it, sometimes in order to treat, for instance, thyroid,
0: yeah. you can't
1: just attack the thyroid. You've got to reset the gut. Then you have to reset the adrenals because what happens is that the thyroid sits on the pituitary thyroid adrenal gut pyramid. And so if yeah. you don't address the gut and the adrenals, you're never going to get the thyroid really where it wants to go. So yes, you know, if you come in and you say, hey, here's my issue or here's all my symptoms, it's still a, like, where do we start to build this, the foundation back up? So I like it either way. Um, what's helpful is sometimes when people come in and say, if they just say, I have, someone said I had graves or somebody said, I have this thing over here. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. But then I still sit and I ask them questions. I'm like, okay, you might have this thing over here, but you've got eight other problems as well. And if we just waved the wand and got rid of the graves, you'd still have these. So we need to come up with a plan that's going to take care of everything and kind of start chipping these things out. So that's why sometimes, even though if you come in with an actual diagnosis, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about everything else anyway. So it's kind of a both ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that, that completely makes sense, especially when we look at just the the wide scope of symptoms that people have with various conditions, and I mentioned to you before the show that I actually myself have Hashimoto's, um, and that was kind of part of my journey to get here, but Hashimoto's is one of those things that it seems like it's really on the rise and that could be just because we're diagnosing it more maybe people are getting it more are you seeing an increased prevalence of Hashimoto's and what is typically kind of the starting point with with that particular condition?
1: So we are seeing a good raise in pretty much all the autoimmune issues Um, what we're what we're tying those to is the complete devastation of gut function and they massively increase functionality of stress and so when you when you tie those two together it devastates the digestive function and it overdrives the thyroid and so we end up with secondary problems we're basically we're not we're asking we're asking the thyroid to do 10 units of work and we're only feeding it for three well it's going to fail somehow sooner or later within that scope and so that's the thing that we're seeing the most of is just we're just pushing our bodies too hard and we're not we're not ready for it nutritionally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. And, and um, gut health is, is one of those things that I've, I've really gone down the rabbit hole. (laughs) I love the research and all of it. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, but I, you know, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people don't know about. They, it's still not widely known um, to the general public that you could have these gut issues going on that's causing your Hashimoto's or, you know, your other autoimmune conditions. So what could people look for or what might they, notice or what symptoms might there be to kind of make them feel like, oh, maybe I do have a gut issue or is it more of just getting the testing done?
1: Getting the testing done is obviously the easiest way to do it, but (laughs) oftentimes people will come in and they'll be like, hey, I'm waking up between two and four in the morning. I have a lot more anxiety than I think I should. Nothing in my life has changed. Everything's the same, but I I have more anxiety. Those are detox functions. And then we look at gas, bloating, constipation, loose stools, Mm -hmm. um, extreme hunger, specifically for certain things. Like if you're like, man, I've really developed a sweet tooth lately and I have no idea why I'm craving sugar all day long. Well, that's a yeast problem. So that's a gut thing. Um, If you're not, if you're running out of energy, you're not sleeping very well. That can be liver. That can be low probiotic function. That can be parasitic. If you walk into rooms and forget why you go in there. If in the middle of sentences, you're forgetting words. Those are very big indicators of parasitic infection that we get from eating organic food, going to restaurants, basically anything we do, without proper hydrochloric acid to kill the parasites. So, you know, those are some of the things that every once in a while people go, oh, I have that and I have that, but I don't have gas or bloating, so I didn't think I had a gut issue. Well, Yeah. The, the gut's kind of the port, right? Like right now we're having issues with supply chain because nothing can get through the ports. Mm-hmm. Your gut is the port that brings all the nutrition ends. So if your gut's messed up, everything else is going to be lacking in supplies. And so that's why we have to start with the gut. So that, that's the big piece.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have to ask you, since we're on the conversation of gut health, do you feel like we have gotten into this place of And this is a completely selfish question, just because it's, like I said, it's something that I'm very (laughs) fascinated by, but do you feel like it, we're seeing an increase of gut issues because of the standard American diet, just kind of the foods that we're eating, or do you think that there's more to it, like viral infections or things like that? Where do you think we're seeing more prevalence in
1: in our gut issues? So actually it's kind of interesting. The number one thing, first of all, the standard American diet is terrible. Um, we don't have nearly enough nutrients, micronutrients or, or proper macronutrients coming in. So, yes, you're going to have to supplement no matter who, how you're looking, if you want to be healthy. So that's that's my piece on the standard American diet. But the real problem we get into is more neurologic. So when we start looking at stress, you have two types of systems. You have the parasympathetic, which is resting, digesting. And then you have the sympathetic, which is fight flight. The problem is, is that we're always geared into this sympathetic nervous system. We're always thinking about the next thing. Like we, whether you're having a terrible time and you can't feed your kids or whether you're crushing it and making silly amounts of money, your mind is always on. So if you open your eyes and your mind's on something and you're in the shower and you're thinking about something else, and then you have to fight your mind to shut off when you go to bed at night, you're sympathetic. So your okay. body's not creating the digestive chemicals it needs to, to protect us and to digest our food. So that's the really where the big piece is, is how do we balance the stress function with and then allow for absorption of chemicals. And so that's that's the big piece that people are missing is, yeah. is is the functionality of the mind.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point because we are definitely living in a very stressful world today. Our lives are very busy. And then you, of course, tack things like COVID and things like that on top of it. And your stress response has just increased. But so if we're talking about it being more of a neuro- neurological thing and it's stress responses and things like that, what types of things can we do? What do you tell your patients to do to kind of help mediate that a little bit?
1: So my favorite thing to do is exercise. So there's, there isn't a single research study ever done. There's lots of research on an exercise that shows that it does not shift us back to that parasympathetic function. So that kinetic function, that movement actually changes a lot of function in the brain, cerebellum, frontal lobe. As the frontal lobe starts firing up, it suppresses the temporal lobe, which houses the amygdala, fear, hate, anger, terror, and all of the stress. So what I like to try to tell people to do is, if you can, work out in the middle of the day and then eat. Because once you've worked out, one, your body is more absorptive. It will take in more nutrients, but it also will crush that, that stress cycle and allow you to kind of be a little bit more mindful. The other thing is we got to get a great sleep. So I have a meditation program that I, I help people work with to help calm their brain down and shut their brain off so that when they try to go to sleep, they actually can get to sleep and they can actually function through it. So those are the two big ones that we try to do. The other one is just like, Hey man, I don't have time to work out in the middle of the day. I'm, I gotta work out in the morning or at night, but I got to power through the day. Okay. We're going to have to give you extra nutrients. than you'd think you'd need, because if we give you 10 units, but your body can only absorb four and you need five, we got to give you 13 units so that you can actually absorb the five that your body needs. So there is that play that you have to look at as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love every one of those because I think, you know, exercise, sleep, they're all so important to overall health um, in general. But I wanted to touch on a a subject that comes up quite often and I get a lot of messages about regarding fitness is, you know, this idea of um, exercise intolerance with autoimmune disease. Do you see that? And if you do, what kind of things can you do to mitigate that?
1: So it depends on what we're having as far as uh, exercise intolerance. The vast majority of the time is it creates more fatigue than it should, and it makes you really, really sore. Mm -hmm. The reason for this is because you cannot, the liver's dirty, it's too full of goo. It cannot pull the inflammatory chemicals out of the blood, allowing the blood to then pull the inflammatory chemicals like lactic acid, for instance, out of the muscles. And so Mm -hmm. the lactic acid stays too long, so we get too sore. So what we call the DOMS, or the delayed onset muscle soreness, is much higher in those people. So what we do is we clean the kidneys first. You always have to start with the kidneys because of the limiting reagent. Then you can clean the liver. And once you clean the liver, the liver can then allow the body to process these things a little bit more. We also check hormone function because if your testosterone is low, man or woman, you're not going to be able to heal and regenerate as quickly. And so when we start talking about, you know, especially with autoimmune, you have to look at the entire body. You know, yeah. hey, are you is your liver cleaning? Are your kidneys cleaning? Do you have, are you sleeping better? Properly. Do you have the oxygen coming in at night? Do you need a sleep study? Do you need a CPAP? Where's your testosterone levels at? Are you eating the right fuel source? If you're supposed to be a fat consumption person, and you're eating a lot of carbohydrates, or sugars, that's going to be a problem that's going to create more inflammation. So those are some of the pieces that we look at when we talk about exercise and have we checked all the boxes to make sure that our body is actually functioning properly, before we go ask it to do a lot more things. So that's kind of the piece that we get into. Sometimes we have to pull back on the amount of exercise. You know, okay, don't go run, don't go lift a bunch of weights. I just want you to walk around the neighborhood for 20 minutes. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then as we build their strength, we can increase their exercise.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what you're saying is it's not absolutely no exercise, it's not do nothing. It's just that you have to slowly increase what you're doing, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of misconception with. Exercise intolerance is where people kind of feel like they're making themselves sicker or worse, and so they just don't do any, which can actually be more detrimental.
1: Absolutely. Like, for instance, if you just took a walk around the neighborhood, let's imagine that it's not cold or too hot outside. If you just took a walk around the neighborhood slowly and casually, then you're still getting all that kinetic movement. You're still getting the muscles to actually push the blood around, and people don't, they're like, well, I have a heart. All of your muscles help push the blood vessels so that you can actually get more stuff cycled at yeah. the same time, you can actually get the, the waste to be pushed into your lymphatics so your body can actually clean the body. So there's lots and lots and lots of benefits to just moving a little bit. You know, people think, well, if I don't go run for an hour and then lift weights for an hour, I didn't really exercise. That's that's silly. Yeah. <laughs> <So> walk around <laughs> for 20 minutes. You're going to do a lot of good for yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to touch on a point that you brought up a few minutes ago, that there are people who are definitely more fat burning, and there are people who are more carbohydrate burning. And most of us have no idea where we fall in that. So where does that come in? And how does someone find out what, what source they need?
1: So the science behind this is actually called somatotyping. And so you have basically three different main pillars, and the slide goes in between them but you have endomorph, which is kind of what I am. We, uh, you're going to see like, if you do a world's strongest man. Like that's generally what you're going to see. Big barrel chested guys who are just kind of big and like, they have very little body fat, but they still look like they're not ripped. So those are your endomorphs. You mesomorphs are kind of like Henry Cavill and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They have a big triangle frame up top and another triangle that comes down. They they eat very well in that 30, 30, 30 cycle, right? So it's 30% 30% carbohydrates, 30% fat, 30% protein with a little bit of maneuverability for the extra 10%. Sure. Then you have the ectomorphs, which need tons and tons of sugar. These are your people who can eat and drink whatever they want, and they never gain any weight.
0: Yeah. And a lot of
1: people are like, I wish I could be that person. Go talk to them. They're not real happy with being sticks yeah. and bones all the time. So you know, we got to give them tons of sugar, like raisins and pineapples and stuff like that to allow them to gain muscle mass. And so that's kind of one of those pieces that if you're eating a bunch of sugars, even if you're not super fat, but we need you to eat more fats and more proteins and things like that. Just changing that macro set. We've seen a lot of inflammation calm down and people feel a lot better.
0: Wow. That's really amazing. And it's, it's interesting that just kind of body composition is plays that big of a role in how healthy we are and what we eat, because that's, that's something we can't really change. I mean, we can't change our, the size of our bones or like how tall we are or you know those are things that we're just kind of genetically born with so it's interesting that that plays such a huge role in
1: in those things well it's always funny when we talk about this because people are like oh so different people need different things they're like that's new and I'm like well it's not really that new like if you if you ask people hey do you think there's a lot of diversity in the world amongst people they're like oh yeah we got tall and short and fat and thin and brown and black like all these things like okay so With all that diversity, do you really think that every single human being should eat the exact same thing? And people go, well, you know, now that you bring that up, I don't think so. So it's it's kind of a logical conclusion of why this diet worked for Sally, but not for you, for Ted or whatever. So yeah, this piece is something that's kind of growing, but this is something we need to get people to understand is that there are different fuel sources.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and, and back to kind of how we were talking about the standard American diet that just doesn't have the fuel sources that we need also. So we kind of have this catch 22 of people not understanding what their body needs and then having all of these foods that are readily available that aren't really fantastic. Right.
1: Exactly. Like, you know, French fries have a lot of fat, but the fat from French fries and the fat from fish oils are not exactly the same thing for your body. So sometimes we need to dig a little deeper into the macros to figure out exactly where we're going.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And I love your take on really going through all of the body systems, really trying to find out symptomatically what's going on, what are things that we can do and kind of taking it step by step, because I think a lot of times that's missed. And so that's how autoimmune diseases end up being so long that they go without being diagnosed or untreated or things like that, because we're just, we're missing so many of those steps in kind of conventional medicine. So I'm happy to see that you are taking all of those steps.
1: Well, it's, it really is more of the process. One of the things we run into, the reason why medical function doesn't, doesn't help as much is because one, we have to clean the body and there are no medical drugs that can clean the body or detox Mm -hmm. the body. So that's one of the pieces. The other thing is that we have to restore the body to normal physiological function. That's not really what drugs do. Drugs force you to go left or right or stay in the center. They don't restore normal physiology. They can kind of for a little bit, but that's not really their big thing. So I take there's a lot of medical doctors who will send me for their functional medicine people so that we can start building these things together because it's the process of how the body works that's the most important. And so getting back to that natural process is kind of the, the big thing that we try to strive for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm so happy that there's more people like you out there that are doing that because we definitely need those things and we need people who understand and can support that because otherwise, where would we be? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I want to make sure and, and let people know, um, Do you provide services online? Can people work with you if they don't live in your state? Or how can people, because I know there's people listening thinking, oh my gosh, he's the person I need to get in touch with because I can't find anybody and he sounds fantastic. So is that something that you do or that you're capable of doing is working with people? Or do you typically just work with people in your area?
1: So we have programs for both. Um, We do a lot of work all over the world, actually. Um, So we have patients in, in Spain and Australia and all over the U.S., So, yeah, we do a lot of online work um, and then we do a lot of obviously stuff here in Dallas. Um, But no, we do. We do a lot of that. So if they want to reach out to us, email or um, through any of the social media channels, you know, we do a lot of this stuff all over the place.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic and it's great for people who really can't find the help they need in their area or who are very um isolated who maybe just don't have a lot of resources in their area it's really great that you do that and as far as like you know lab works and things like that you're able to do that over um, online and and over um space and all that stuff right like you don't have to be in your office to do those things I guess is what I'm trying to say
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, we, so we use LabCorp for all of our blood work and there's th- tens of thousands of LabCorp draw stations all over the world. So yeah, we can we use LabCorp for that. We do a lot of uh, all of our imaging testing. So echocardiograms, calcium CTs, sleep studies. The sleep study gets mailed to your house. We can do that anywhere. Um, and we're pretty good about finding places to work with us on calcium CTs and echocardiograms as well. So we, we, we are able to get most of this stuff done outside of Dallas.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And since we're on the subject, I want to just take a little time to talk about the importance of lab work, because I think I get messages all the time of people saying, do I really need this lab work or what should I actually ask for if I'm trying to find out this or that? And so I know that there's a lot of confusion around what lab work people need and how to do that. So can you just kind of explain the importance of getting real, complete lab work and and determining, you know, the steps to, to healing your body?
1: so one of the more important things is <clears throat> we have to have a we have to know where we're starting right and so lab work helps gives us a very objective this is where you are today and then we can start saying okay how do you feel okay i'm going to take your blood work i'm going to take how you feel and we're merge those two together and that gives us a really good direction of where we need to go um it's really kind of interesting because we've had people come in and they go man i've got low testosterone i just know it and i'm like okay so we'll pull their blood and I'm like you don't have low testosterone and they're like, well, why do I feel the way I feel? And we start going through it. I'm like, oh, you've got these other eight things that are going on. Now that we talked about it, we can go through and we can kind of piece those apart and fix that. So lab work oftentimes, even if you feel terrible, can tell you, hey, that's not it. But here's the, here's the key to this. I see people all the time for this. They're like, well, my doctor ran labs and they were like, that wasn't it. I'm like, cool. What'd they do next? Nothing. I'm like, no, no that's not what you stopped. You yeah. just found out it wasn't that one thing. There's got to be eight other things. Go look at those other things. So yeah. lab work can help say, this isn't it. And it can say, hey, man, this really is it. And so we need to start playing with that. Um, so lab work's super duper important from the doctor's standpoint and from the patient's standpoint, because they can say, look, I was here on this date and we did all this stuff and now I'm still here. So I haven't done anything. Why is this not changed? Or mm-hmm. they can say, hey, this all changed and it got really where it's supposed to be, but I don't feel all the way better yet. Okay, cool. We need to start looking at other labs or other things that are going on. So it really does kind of help walk us through the process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so invaluable. I just find um, it fascinating every time I see in another lab study or, or test. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that you could test for that. That's really cool. So it's really a great, great tool to find out what's going on with you. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but I know that I have listeners who are going to message me and they're going to ask me why I didn't ask you this, because I get these messages all the time. So I want to make sure and take a little bit of time to touch on this, because I do have a lot of listeners that are Hashimoto's and, and various other autoimmune conditions, but Hashimoto specifically, I get a lot of messages asking why can't I lose weight? What can I do to lose weight? What are the steps that I can take? So are there things physiologically with Hashimoto specifically that cause people to have issues losing weight and are there things that they can do?
1: Absolutely. So there's a couple different things we have to remember. Oftentimes when we think I need to lose weight, what we're really saying is I need to lose fat. Mm -hmm. The problem with a lot of these Hashimoto specifically and a lot of these other autoimmune diseases is that you're holding a tremendous amount of inflammation. So you can look at your calories and you can get those perfect. You can look at your exercise and get that down. And you're like, why am I not losing weight? Which in your head, you're thinking, why am I not losing fat? Well, because you're still holding all that inflammation. Yeah. So that's when we start looking at, okay, detox the kidneys, detox the liver, pull this inflammation out, and that'll help calm things down. But remember, a lot of times when you go check, get your hormones checked, especially as for women, mm-hmm. they give you this great thyroid panel, yeah. but they never check estrogen, testosterone, or progesterone. testosterone is extremely critical to rebuilding the body and for metabolic function. So if your, if your thyroid's iffy and okay, but your testosterone is zero, well, that's a hormone we need to actually talk about as well. So that's, again, we go back to that whole, let's look at the whole body and figure out what's going on with the whole body. Because lots of times we'll leave 10% of the Hashimoto's issues still there but we fix fixed so many other things. The person's like, look, I've lost 40 pounds. I feel amazing. My sex life is back up where it needs to be. I have the energy to do things. I can now think, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I went from a two to a nine. I yeah. can deal with being a nine. And yeah. so that's one of those things that you also have to understand is that everything helps the thyroid. The adrenals in the gut help the thyroid tremendously. So if those two are messed up, the thyroid's trying to do a job way bigger than it's supposed to do. So yeah. there's a lot more to this. Than just, you know, I'm gonna give you synthroid. Oh, that didn't work. Why didn't that work? Or we're gonna, you know, when it works too much, we're gonna give you iod- radioactive iodine and kill your thyroid and then come back with thyroid hormone. Well, hold on, why didn't that work? Because you're looking at one of five numbers. So you've got to fix all the variables inside the detox, the testosterone, all the hormone function, the nutrition coming in, the inflammation, all of that has to be looked at before we can really get people where they need to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. And what what you're saying and what I'm gonna translate. Is there's hope.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is. There is that's
0: usually the question I get is is there hope? Is this ever going to change? And so, you know, it's really hard for me to kind of hear the desperation in these messages, even though they're they're typed out, like you can still hear it, you know, when you read it. And so, so what you're saying and what I want everyone to understand is there's absolutely hope. You just have to find the right answers.
1: That's it. Yeah. And I try it's funny because like one of the things I'm trying to do is give hope and give information. Cause not everybody can either afford to work with me or can make it in or just whatever. Yeah. And so I'm like, look, watch the videos on YouTube, watch the videos on the, on the websites, you know, cause that'll really help give you information. And if you can take that information to your doctor and say, Hey, will you run this lab? Hey, will you do this thing? Or if you can start reading up and be like, Hey, I can change my diet a little bit. You don't have to, you can get the information for free and you can do a lot of this stuff on your own. So yeah. watching the videos, the YouTube stuff is really going to help kind of get people where they need to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's amazing. So I thank you so much for your time, but I want to make sure that we share your contact information so that everybody has that because I know that there's someone that's going to want to reach out to you. So can you share your um, email and your website and any of that information that you want to share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The easiest thing to do, the website is ChalmersWellness.com. So you can go there and get access to pretty much everything, um, YouTube, Instagram, all those things, uh, Dr. Chalmers One, the number one, all one word. Um, and that'll help out the most. All the email, all the contact information f- for us is on the website, chalmerswellness.com. So yeah, just check that stuff out and you know we'll, we'll be able to help, happy to help in any way we can. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And your podcast and your YouTube, are they one and the same? Are there different videos and how does that work? How do people find all of those resources?
1: Yeah, so the podcast that I do um, and all the podcasts I'm on end up on the YouTube, that you know, okay. on the Dr. Chalmers One YouTube. So you can go there. Um, the, the one that we do, uh, the Wellness Insights. So if you go to Facebook and you look up Wellness Insights as in the groups, that's the one that I actually personally write every day and I do videos for. That's the one I'm the most in time and connected with. And so what will happen is people will email me questions and I'll either, you know, I'll make a video and I'll be like, hey, here, here's the video I made for you, and I'm going to post it so everybody else can watch it. Because what happens is there'll be 20 people with the same question. One person has the guts to ask, and everyone's like, oh, I'm so glad the person asked that question because that's what I needed to know. Yeah. And so I'm like, look, all the answers are going to be on, you know, on the YouTube, but they're also going to be on the Wellness Insights you know, as we start moving through. So both of, those, both of those places are a great place to look.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much for explaining that. And everyone, don't worry. I'll put all of that in the show notes so that you have easy access. If you weren't able to write them down, they'll be there so that you can click on them and find them. So I'll make sure to add those. And thank you, Dr. Cholmer, so much for being on the show and for sharing all of your information and all of your wisdom. It's so fantastic to get that insight and all of that knowledge.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Yep, for sure. And thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Welcome to the show. And thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens with 75 absorbable vitamins and minerals in just one scoop per day. I've increased my energy, immune function, and so much more. AG is a non-negotiable part of my daily routine. For your own risk-free AG plus 20% off and free vitamin D3 K2 supplement, go to www.athleticgreens.com Backslash functionally autoimmune, or look in the notes of this podcast and you can find the link there. Trust me, you want to add athletic greens to your day, it makes such a huge difference.